0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the Organ, Eye, and Tissue Recovery Agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life.
1: Working at a nonprofit is usually a personally fulfilling opportunity. You get to learn about a cause and then put your efforts towards bringing awareness to that mission. Some people have a connection with the mission or cause that drives them to work at a nonprofit, and others do not. They're there because they simply found a position that was interesting and was a good fit for their skill set, never thinking their connection would take place many years later. Hi, you're listening to episode 75 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Marva was a young woman when she came to work at LifeBank. Although she did not have a personal connection, she felt it was great to be part of saving lives. Little did she know that many years later, her husband Kenneth would be one of the lives saved by a donor hero when he received a heart transplant. Marva and Kenneth Smith are here with us to talk about their donation and transplant experience. Thank you both for sharing your story and be so willing to talk with us. Thank you. Marva, can you talk a little bit about when you worked for LifeBank and what you did while you were here?
2: I would be more than happy to, Colleen. LifeBank was truly a great experience for me because at that time, I wasn't a real believer of organ donation. But after working there and working with the people and doing what I did, which was I maintained the front desk and speaking to a lot of the individuals that called in that were the nurses and doctors calling in, letting us know and what we needed to do. And just seeing how the procurement coordinators operated and the emotion that was felt around the office and the love and the caring that they showed. And I became really involved. I got so involved that I didn't want to be a receptionist anymore. I wanted to go out with the coordinators and see exactly what they did so I could be a part of trying to bring more people into understanding what organ donation, because I really got the true understanding of it working there. It was just a very good experience
1: for me. I think it is a mission that stays with you after you leave or go on to other things. Absolutely. And the only reason I left
2: because a friend of mine had a great opportunity for me working with women that uh, were abused. And so I kind of went in that direction. But I never forgot where I came from at Life Bank. I took that with me. And I was always able to get other people to recognize how important it was to be an organ donation through my church. And through my other job, and I, you'd be surprised at how many people I got to sign up. Even my family members grew to understand the importance of being an organ donation and letting the legacy go on even after
1: your loved one has passed on. Amen. It's, an, it's important. It is. It's an important mission and an important legacy. We're I'm going to fast forward a little bit. When did you and Kenneth meet and get married?
2: Ken and I met in 2001, and we got married in
1: 2004. Kenneth, at that time, did you know you had a heart condition? By heredity, my father, he
0: had chronic heart problems. I guess I inherited a lot of what my father had, and I really didn't notice it until right around, I will say, 2002, when I would have a consistent call. It was around the time when when me and Marva started getting closer and closer together. And then Marva started noticing that I was coughing a lot. And so she told me that I really needed to get it checked out. So the next day, I, I went to the health clinic at my job because I was still working at university hospitals at the time. And when I went there, the doctor listened to my heart. And then she requested that a number of tests be ran. When she finished with running all the tests, she said that I needed a mitral valve repair because my mitral valve was was bad. Once that happened, she came into the room and she told me, she said, I got some good news for you and I got some bad news. And I told her, I said, well, let me hear the bad news first. And she told me, she said, you're going to have to have open heart surgery. She said the mitral valve was bad. And it was going to need to have repaired. And I said, well, what's the good news? She said, the good news is you get a chance to wait at least for two weeks before the surgery. A few years later, after I had the microvalve replaced, valve, it started deteriorating again. It was the beginning of showing signs of uh, congestive heart failure. I had to go back in and I had to have uh, a microvalve replacement. Then after that, I was being observed by some of the best doctors. So I had doctors at university hospitals. I had doctors at Metro. So I was really going through a lot of different specialists to just check out what was wrong. I ended up having an ablation. When I had the ablation, they were taking the intubation tube out, and I went into a cardiac arrest. Oh, no. Once I went into the cardiac arrest, At the same time, I had several mini strokes. So they uh, said, your family can come in now. She said, because I don't think he's going to make it. Uh. So we would have the family come in now and start saying their goodbyes. And they said that uh, all his vital signs are starting to fail because I was going into a renal dysfunction where my kidneys were starting to fail. You know, he's, they said, I won't I won't see the morning.
2: Wow. And,
0: I'm, and uh, once they started doing that, my church family and my family got together and everybody started to pray. Everybody started to pray. And within a matter of hours, when they did the next check on my kidney function, all of a sudden, all my kidney functions and my vitals started to improve. Excellent. The doctors, they were like, we don't believe it. It was really an unbelievable situation where I ended up that next day pulling through. And, but as time went on, I still had the signs of a congestive heart failure. Finally, Metro said that we've given you all the best meds. We give you the state of art stuff, but we can't do anything. So what we're going to do is we're just going to move you over and see if Cleveland Clinic can help. So I went to the clinic, they transferred me over to the clinic, and when they came back with the diagnosis, they said you're going to need a heart. And they said that we got some options. You can try to get on the transplant list, or you can get an LVAD. So the next day a nurse came up and she showed me our LVAD. She had this belt with batteries on it, and she told me how this LVAD would work, that I would have to have a tube going through my stomach, and I would have to change the dressings every day, and I would have to keep the batteries charged, and this, that, the other. And she said, this is one option. She said, the other option is you can get on the transplant list or try to get on the transplant list, which was a very arduous process. You had to have all kinds of tests, and they come back, and they have to present all the findings to the board. They have a transplant board at the clinic.
1: Kenneth, I'm going to jump in here. There's a board that does review every case before putting somebody on the transplant list. And the reason is there aren't enough organs to go around. So we want to be sure that that organ has a chance to function and be a successful transplant. It's just the fact that there's not enough organs for transplant, right?
0: Correct. That is correct.
1: So did you stay in the hospital until you received a transplant?
0: First thing that happened was they actually, after they reviewed it at the board, they came back in. A team of doctors came in. It must have been about 10 doctors that walked in my room that morning. And they said, Mr. Smith, we are so happy to tell you that we had a unanimous decision that you would be placed on the transplant list. So welcome to the transplant list. Now it's just a matter of a heart coming in for you. One of the downsides of having a transplant would be that you have to wait until that heart is found that would fit for you. You know, because everything is kind of like a custom situation. Everything has got to be just right for you. It was just a matter of two weeks. They called me in, they came, the doctors came into my room, and they said, Mr. Smith, we're going to be prepping you for surgery tonight. Your heart has come in. you talking about jumping up and shouting for joy. It was just a joyous moment. That moment was just unbelievable. And I was surprised, because it only took two weeks for me to get a heart. Wow! And I'm, The surgery was done, and uh, now I have a heart. And I've been doing well ever since. My surgery was on the 13th of September. And I'm almost a few days now from one year anniversary. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, what a difference it's made. I'm pretty much back up to the level that I was before. Because I had got to the point with my heart where sometimes I was having a hard time just getting up and put my clothes on to go to work. I mean, I was just tired.
1: Kenneth, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask both you and Marva, during the time of the transplant, and of course, we're celebrating that your life was saved, what were your feelings about your donor?
0: We sent out letters trying to find out, you know, if we could meet. And as of right now, the family's not ready. But I would just tell them that I was so thankful for the sacrifice that they made so I could live this is a life-giving situation when you're an organ donor. Uh, a lot of people don't realize how important it is, but one person could save up to eight different people. What other sacrifice could you make that would be greater than that? I, I can't think of it, you know, that one person could make. So I would just be so thankful, you know, to the family. I would I would really hope that one day, we can really meet and so I can just tell them how thankful I am and so they can see that I'm trying to live a life that's worthy of the gift that they gave.
1: Oh my goodness, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Marva, do you have anything you want to add to that about Kenneth Stoner?
2: Celine, I think he said it best. I would just love to just meet the family and we merge into one because they will always be a part of us, whether we meet them or not. It was a big sacrifice, I know, for them to have to go through this. And we love to welcome them into our family whenever they're ready.
1: Marva, with your experience of, of working at Life Bank and now with Kenneth's transplant, what do you tell people who are, are nervous or skeptical?
2: You look at my husband. If it wasn't for a family that their loved one's donation, he wouldn't be here. So think about it. And you love him. So think about leaving something for somebody when you leave here so a part of that person can continue to live on.
1: Kenneth, is there anything you want to say about people who are skeptical about organ donation? i just tell
0: them. There's no greater sacrifice than being an organ donor. I mean, the thought that you could save eight different people with organs donated, where in life could you do that, you know, and save other people? The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, you know, and he taught us that it's better to give than to receive. And being able to give a gift of life, this is pleasing to God. So what else could you do that would equal, being an organ donor. I can't think of
1: it. Amen. Amen. I can't either, Kenneth. I'm, I'm right there with you. And I appreciate you being with us and, and, and sharing your story and really see the difference that your heart transplant made in your life. So thank you. I appreciate it. Welcome. You're welcome. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org/resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week and come on. Let's talk about life.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info@lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.